Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the library. Thank you for coming today. Uh, my name is Troy Swanson. I'm the library department chair. And we are excited to um, kick off our second annual graphic novel symposium, where we talk about comic books and art and graphic novels and games and other geeky kind of stuff, um, which is fun, but also connects to our curriculum and to learning, which is our ultimate goal. Um, we are excited to, oh, I should mention, um, I want to thank um, Espresso Love, our coffee bar. They're offering support to make um, today possible. So go and buy some coffee when you're done or a sandwich or something. Um, thanks to them. Um, so we're excited today to welcome Adam Photos to, um, to talk to us about his process. Adam um, does graphic novels. He's published several books. Um, he has a bachelor's, a BFA, from the University of Tennessee, where he studied painting. And he has a MFA, Master of Fine Arts, from the University of Illinois at Champaign-Urbana, where he studied painting and sculpture. He's a full-time faculty member at Chicago State University. And um, I've purchased, um, you know, or I have one of his novels and read with my kids. And it was a huge hit in my house. So I'm like, this guy's got to come and talk. So here we are, Adam, to talk about building comics. Oh, I should mention his strip, which is known, um, his, one of his comic strips, Dragon and Goat, ran for four years at U of I in the Daily Lion Eye and one year um, at University of Tennessee, so folks often know him around from that work. So with that, thank you, Adam, for being here, and I'll turn it over to you. All right, thanks a lot, Troy. Can everybody hear me in the back? You guys are okay? All right, thanks for having me. Really glad uh, Troy invited me, and really happy to be here for the second graphic novel symposium. Um, so I'm gonna talk about, like Troy said, my process, some of my comics, and hopefully give you guys some ideas if you're interested in making comics, like how to approach it from small comics to big, uh, big projects. Uh, like you said, I've been uh, doing uh, comics for a while. So it's about 12 years ago, I started my comic strip, Dragon and Goat. And uh, it ran as a daily uh, newspaper strip. So five days a week for about five years, uh, I was making the comic. And that was really good practice for uh, sharpening my comicking skills. I grew up uh, really devouring comics, either in newspapers or in uh, graphic novels. Uh, and now, uh, after you know, getting out of school for a while, uh, I've you know, really been throwing myself into making, uh, making comics. So I just wanted to uh, share with you guys some ideas I had you know, to launch you on your own comic making. Now, to sort of frame the conversation, I've been thinking about uh, how you make a comic and thinking about how uh, making a comic is a lot like uh, building a building. You know, creating architecture. Uh, so whether you're working on a uh, one-shot mini webcomic or an epic graphic novel, the process of making an original work, you know, it can be really daunting. Uh, but comics, like anything that you might build, can be made easier if you break things down rather than getting caught up in the final product. So don't get too caught up in creating this great book uh, at the end, but really think about you know, what are the steps to get you to that final uh, product. Like any edifice, a comic has to be constructed from the ground up, requiring an architect, an engineer, a contractor, a construction crew, interior decorator, and even a real estate agent. In mainstream comics, so like superhero comics uh, or other sort of popular comics, a lot of these jobs are divided up into multiple people, multiple staff on the crew. Uh, but for independent comics like what I do, uh, that's usually between one or two people. So we have to be in comics, uh, in independent comics, the workhorse. Uh, so really, uh, you know, really want to think about like how you're sort of assembling all these different skills from writing to creating the art. Now, at the beginning stages, a lot of times we can get caught up in non-essential elements, or at least what I think of being non-essential elements 
to start with. Thinking too much maybe about the aesthetic qualities or the appearances of uh, specific characters, creating elaborate costume designs or spending hours mapping out the world for the characters. Uh, you may you know, spend three or four days constructing great weaponry for your characters to carry around, but really none of these aesthetic ideas are gonna play out unless you actually have a good story. You wanna think about how uh, these, these comics really rely on uh, creating something that the, the characters can play out on, that these different elements, these costumes can sort of populate. You wanna think about creating a story that connects with the audience. Particularly in the graphic novel, narrative is at the heart of the work, or to keep it, keep the building conceit going, the hearth, right? So the story is the sort of nugget from which all the comics should grow. Uh, so today, we're not gonna talk a lot about character design or how to draw really good characters, but rather how to create the blueprints uh, and structure for your visual narratives. So my first bit of advice is to think small. Uh, start with uh, something uh, tiny rather than a skyscraper. Uh, you have to make, it, so you have a great idea for a graphic novel, that's, that's great, but put the brakes on it. Give yourself some time to warm up with some smaller works. Uh, you might take on a one-page comic, you know, thinking about how you can tell a small story with one of your characters, or you might start with a small zine. Uh, so just a small book, maybe like eight to 12 pages, uh, that can sort of give your characters life, but not sort of dot you with uh, tr a tremendous amount of work. So more than likely, when you start off, uh, your work won't be as strong as it will be compared in, to your work in five years. So you wanna think about pacing yourself. You don't have to be a comic star right out of the gate. So you can save your big ideas once you've gotten your feet wet, wet with a few smaller works. Now, I'm not gonna assume that everybody has a great idea for a graphic novel at this point. So, if you're interested in comics, but you don't really know where to start, I've got a few ideas for some short comics exercises that I use a lot in classes that you might uh, sort of take home with you and think about making your own work. So the first of these is you know, simply eavesdropping on conversations. So you can go to a public place. The library is a great place for this as long as people are allowed to talk. Bus stops uh, work great if you go to the mall. Uh, so anywhere where you can sort of listen in on a complete stranger. Now, it's a little creepy, but if you have a notepad, you know, pretend you're doing something else, and you can just write down word for word what the people are saying. So you can use that as a starting point for a script that you can then use to build the visuals from. Now, you might do directly from the people who are talking. Maybe you do a quick sketch of them, or you could see what happens when you take the script and you replace it with completely different characters. You know, if the person on the bus suddenly becomes a giant robot, you know, how does that change the tone of the conversation? So that can be a really good project, but doing it in just one page. And this is an example of a, uh, a comic, you know, an overheard conversation, and a lot of comics artists use this. You know, we hear really good things that people say, just snatching them out of the ether and then putting them into our comic can be a good way for those conversations or uh, just snippets of information to have new life. Another exercise I like to use in classes is, and I actually do this myself, is keeping a dream journal. 
you know, depending on how you dream. Some people say that they don't remember their dreams when they wake up. Uh, but, you know, you can always, uh, you know, try to sort of hold on to those, uh, those images that you see uh, in your sleep. It's not that they have to be stories, but you want to try to capture, you know, some of the things that your, you know, your imagination is coming with without your sort of uh, intellect, intellectual or analytical input. So if you start a dream journal, you can record all these images that you see and then start to see how those images, those stories might fit into an actual comic. Um, there are several artists who, who actually do this. Uh, Jim Woodring uh, is one of them, and he does a comic, Frank. Uh, and he also does autobiographical comics that he has himself sort of, uh, you know, he, he draws himself sort of wandering through these dream worlds that he's uh, dreaming up. Uh, now, if you're one of those people who says, you know, I don't really remember my dreams, well, if you just start writing down uh, just a little bit of the things that you remember when you wake up, the more you do this, like if you try to keep it up like every day, uh, the more you do it, the more you'll start to remember and your brain will start to realize, oh, these dreams are kind of important. Uh, and I use these quite a bit in my own dreams uh, for just coming up with different brainstorming activities for myself. Uh, if I don't know uh, what to do, like for a comic, I might just pull an image from my dreams and just start drawing it. And it might not become something that I eventually sell or a book, but it at least starts me drawing and starts me thinking about other ideas. Uh, and that's, that's the basic idea of these exercises, just to keep you either drawing or writing. And then as you're doing it, as you're sort of in the process of making, sometimes those big ideas really spark. Uh, so another exercise is uh, mining your personal history. So looking back on uh, where you've been, uh, the life that you've led and your experiences. And it doesn't mean that you have to have you know, left off tall buildings in a single bound within your real life, but think about your everyday experiences. And even mundane things like making pancakes can be turned into profound things uh, if you really sit with it for a while and think about what these experiences mean and what do they mean when they're actually put into a comic. Uh, so for, uh, for this example, this is Alison Bechtel. And she's a great artist who mines her own personal history. Uh, she, she created the, uh, the graphic memoir. I think she calls it a tragic comic, uh, Fun Home. And uh, it's a great work. You may have heard of it. It's been in the news a little bit lately because Duke University just picked it up as their required freshman reading. And there was a big stink about it because it deals with um, her sexuality and also her father's sexuality uh, growing up with him. But it's a great graphic memoir to, uh, to pick up. And it's works like these that have sort of inspired me to take on the uh, autobiographical format as well. Um, so I do some funny animal comic strips like uh, Dragon and Goat, and then also another web comic, uh, Cloud Arcadia. And these are like pretty fantastical, uh, humorous comics, uh, not too much based in the real world. But I've also been, uh, over the past couple years, thinking about how can I put myself into my own work and what, is that, what does that mean? Uh, with Dragon and Goat, it's a comic about a dragon and goat, but people ask me where the idea comes from. And for the most part, dragon and goat are inside of me, right? They're different aspects of, of me. In uh, this comic, I'm being maybe a little bit more literal and putting myself in the comic. Uh, so my latest autobiographical work is uh, Beyond Paper Walls, and these are a couple pages from, from that. It's a black and white comic, and it uh, follows me and my wife as we went to Japan a couple uh, years ago, 
And uh, in, this, in the comic, we're sort of going uh, around a mountain in uh, Kyoto, photo, or it's the uh, uh, Fushimi Inari um, mountain where they have the giant like orange tories. And so uh, we're sort of walking around the mountain, but I'm using this kind of as an excuse to talk about the differences between the Japan that I imagined before I went to the actual place. And so sort of juggling the imaginary and the real uh, in the comic. Now, for this comic, so if you are kind of interested in autobiographical comics, you know, there's a, it's a pretty long history of this in comics history since, you know, the 60s with the underground comics that were using a lot of personal stories from R. Crumb to uh, Harvey, uh, Harvey Kurtzman, or sorry, Harvey uh, Picar. And so, uh, you know, there's, there's sort of a long tradition of this. These are not the most marketable comics. I'm not really creating this comic to sell to people, uh, but just to get my ideas out there. Uh, so if you have an idea that you think might not fit in like a mainstream market, uh, don't kill it. You know, there are lots of other ways that you can make a living as a comics artist, or at least make your work. Uh, where you're not actually surviving off your book sales. Because if any publisher, if you talk to any publisher, the publishing market is really not doing so well. So you have to figure out other ways to make your work happen. Kickstarter is a good way to fund a small print of your books. And also uh, Patreon is another way to sort of have people crowdfund uh, your, your work. Uh, for this, this publication, uh, what I've done is gotten a grant from the city of Chicago, uh, the Department of uh, Cultural Affairs and Special Events. They're funding the publication of a small run of the books. And actually, I'm doing them with uh, Crack and Print. And those guys are going to be here in the afternoon to talk about uh, small, small press and how you can publish your own books. So if you can't get in with like the mainstream publishers, it shouldn't be the end of the world for you. I haven't been published by any mainstream publishers. And you know I've been doing this for about 12 years. So there's definitely viable ways of putting your work out there independently. Um, if you're, you know, you have to though, you know, really take on a lot more work in terms of marketing and getting yourself out there. All right, so the final exercise that I'm going to give you is the, uh, the random comic generator. And this is something that I've been using for like teaching you know, over the past like six or so years. And uh, you can't really see it on the screen, so hopefully you've got uh, one of these handy. And you guys can take these home and use these to generate some comics if you want. Uh, so the idea is uh, that you take a 20-sided die and you roll it four, five, or six times. You're going to take the number that you get, and then you choose the column, uh, or you, you go by the column for each roll of the die, and then you're going to choose that thing to have in an actual comic. So those are going to be your core ingredients, and then you just have to let your brain think, how can a story evolve from this? So we're going to do this uh, together today. So uh, what I want to do is we're going to roll. We're going to go to the document cam and see what we get for the ingredients for the comic that we're going to make. All right, so we got a two. So can somebody give me what the first column is number two? So I think this is going to be our first character. What is it? Vampire. vampire. All right, so we got vampire. OK, and then the second column, what do we get for three? What is it? A jar from the second column? 
Jar. Okay, we got a jar. All right, we're going to do one more. 19 from the third column. Okay, shopping. And then from the fourth column, two. Troll. Okay, we've got a troll. Or is it troll? Is it a verb or is it a noun, you think? So it's under the characters, right? So an actual troll, not trolling. Okay, so this is what we're going to start with uh, for our comic. And we're going to come back to this in a second. So as you're starting off, uh, I like this quote from uh, Romare Bearden, uh, an artist who dealt a lot with like collage and borrowing from his own history and his work. And uh, his suggestion is to, for the artist, to be a whale. And I think this is good advice for the comics artist as well. So being a whale in that you're absorbing everything. You take everything in around you. Say yes to all these ideas that you're going to get. Don't say no to anything uh, at the starting point. Just sort of absorb everything. Keep an open mind and really listen to uh, the world around you. Don't be confined to maybe the comics that you typically read. Look for other comics. Uh, go to the library. I'm sure here uh, we've got a lot of different comics that you might, uh, you might not pick up you know, if, if you're going to a comic book shop that maybe have uh, more story uh, and less capes. So keep an open mind in terms of looking at comics, in terms of looking at literature and looking at art and think about you know, what can you bring to the comics world that nobody else has really thought of yet. Now, once you've gotten through a few of these short exercises and maybe you've churned out a few one-page comics or you know, a couple zines on your own, uh, you might think about creating a longer uh, graphic novel. Uh, so this is, these are a couple images from my graphic novel, The Panopticorn. Uh, and this came out, mm, I think, about 2011. Uh, and it took me about three years uh, to create. Um, I took a break from Dragon and Goat and uh, focused just on this book. It's about 145 uh, pages. Um, and it, you know, it took a while. Now, for three years of work, I was a little concerned about nobody hearing from me for three years. And so to keep up with my audience, uh, rather than you know, releasing you know, small bits of the comic along the way, I decided to start my other comic uh, and release it weekly on the web, Cloud Arcadia. Uh, so this, this allowed me to stay in touch with my audience on a weekly basis uh, so that people knew that uh, you know, I hadn't either gone into hibernation or died but that I was you know, still making work. And th this can be really important. You don't want to just hide for three years uh, and come out like a cicada releasing books because we have really short memories. People will forget about you. So you've got to think about ways to engage your audience through this long process of crafting a longer book. Uh, some ways of doing this that when I was making this, I wish I had thought of, but other people have done, is to work simply in chapters thinking about how the longer narratives that you're making could be constructed with into smaller snippets, uh, maybe you know, 10 or 12 pages that you could release online 
And this can be a really good way to drum up new fans uh, for your work. Uh, so as you're going along, you release chapter by chapter. Maybe you hide the first chapter uh, as you're moving. And then when you finally get all of it constructed, you release your book. Uh, so this can be a really good method for doing this. Other people, as they're creating their work, you know, they take process shots. So maybe if you're drawing lots of pencils, uh, sketches for your, um, for your storyboarding, then you might take some images of those and like upload them or you know, have, your, have yourself uh, drawing at your drawing table and uh, you know, showing shots of that or your inks. Uh, so it can really be uh, helpful to just you know, think about your audience uh, as you're creating these, uh, these longer works. So another place uh, that can be really good to start is thinking about your characters. And uh, we really want to think about comics in terms of how they are character-driven stories. Uh, so many of us, if you're starting off and you haven't started creating your own books, you might already be drawing a lot of cartoon characters. Uh, but you don't necessarily know how to use them. Uh, so the nice thing about with, uh, nice thing about comics, it, unlike a building, is that you don't necessarily have to have a really solid blueprint before you get started. If you've got some characters, just go ahead and use them, draw some panels, or if you look on your, the back of the random comic generator, you've got some panels there. You can just start drawing the characters into these, and sometimes it can be really good for just to, to have a story emerge from the process of drawing. This is how I worked a lot with Dragon and Goat when I had to come up with five strips a week uh, while I was still in school. Uh, it was you know, a lot of pressure to meet the deadline, and uh, so to come up with ideas you know, at, on Sunday before the newspaper actually needed them, I just drew as furiously as I could until a story emerged out of those drawings. So think about how you can use your characters as building blocks. You know, focus on the relationships between the characters, not just on how they look. If you've got one hero in the story, don't focus just on the hero, but think about how the other characters exist in the narrative. How do they all fit together? Uh, we want to really think about avoiding flat characters. And with flat characters, these are characters that don't change throughout the story. So you want to think about how do your char characters change? How do they transform from page one to the end of the book? You know, how are the characters going to develop? So with flat characters, you know, we're thinking about drawing on stereotypes. Those characters might be generic or simple, uh, and they're not going to show any sort of change. Uh, so to avoid that, think about how you can create a unique character. This is going to require you to really think about, well, what characters are already out there? How is yours similar to that character, and how is yours different? You know, think about the level of complexity uh, with which you're building your character. You know, you have maybe one cool idea for a drawing, but then think about what is that character doing on an everyday basis. And then just really think about how the characters progress and change through the story. The characters aren't just mindlessly marching through the events that you hand out to them, but think about how those events transform how they think, how they plan for the future. So how can you build your characters in layers? Well, investigate those characters' inner life. Now ask yourself these questions. Now, so what do they do when they're bored? How do they handle flight or fight situations? You know, if they're presented with a challenge, do they just run away or do they try to fight their way through it? What are their faults, their strengths, 
What secrets does she keep? So what, what is going to be hidden from your reader rather than, uh, rather than shown uh, right off the beginning? What are your characters' daydreams or what are their nightmares? What do they obsess over or what do they completely ignore? So as you're thinking about the character, uh, their history, uh, or their, their sort of inner life, you want to think about their, their history as well. So as they've, as they've uh, been going through this imaginary world that you're creating for them, what, what traumas have they experienced? Do they have any significant relationships that have transformed them, that have changed them as people or as pigeons, depending on what your characters are? So think about what you can draw from their culture, their economic influences uh, in their lives, uh, how they've had successes or massive failures. These are the things that shape us, who we are as people, and you should think about how they shape your characters as well. Now, as you're building the history for your character, uh, you want to always think about how, as you're playing out your story, you can hide your cards. Uh, you don't want to always tell your reader everything from page one. If you've got an elaborate history written out for your character, that's great. You can come up with a lot of great stories from writing that out. But you shouldn't think about telling it in the comic directly right out of the, right out of the gate. You want to think about how you can hide that history and think about how it influences their navigation through the story you're creating for their now in the comic. Now later on, you might have snippets sort of show up in other panels, flashback panels, or going back in time or into the future. But really, you know, think about how you can layer uh, your, your comic uh, so that it seems more rich, so that the characters have more life and the story has more to draw on. You know, the, the analogy of the iceberg is really good. Your character should only be shown as the very tip of the iceberg. The viewer should only see that part of the character's life but then, like an iceberg, the mass of the, uh, the chunk of ice is under the water. And that's what you should know as the creator. You should know who the character is, how they think, and how their past has influenced them. It can be tempting with a lot of mainstream comics where we don't see characters change a lot to make these static characters that you know, we're creating for over 30 or 40 years, they don't seem to change at all. We can look at The Simpsons, and sure, the drawings got a little better uh, from the start to now, but the characters are pretty much in the same, same age. They're sort of frozen in time. It doesn't have to be the case for all comics. Uh, for, for this one, we've got Frank King uh, and Gasoline Alley, where he takes characters and he actually ages them through the comic strip. Uh, so we see characters get older. Uh, he finds a child uh, who becomes a very uh, sort of key character in the comic who gradually uh, grows up. So showing growth and development can be really important to creating a, uh, a more developed narrative. So once you've got your characters, uh, you've got some histories built, so how do you come up with stories? If you haven't, from, at this point, figured out what you want to tell with your characters, think about you know, these four things. These are what are going to drive your narratives uh, for the most part. You know, thinking about the characters' desires. How does what they want get them in trouble? What about their choices? If they want something, how do they go about getting it? Do they have two paths and they always choose the wrong path? 
And then we want to think, too, about conflict. And I've actually got these slides mixed up, right? So obviously, the lightning bolt one is for conflict. So the fork in the road is for, uh, for choices. Uh, so you want to think about these, these different things that the characters have with them. You know, are they going to be fighting? Uh, so thinking about those relationships, you know, how do characters resolve conflict? Do they have fisticuffs, or do they talk, talk out their problems? Uh, and then you want to always think about unexpected results. You know, the character may have an idea of what the end, uh, end game will be as they choose, uh, make a choice to resolve a conflict. But then how does something unexpected occur? And so just sort of walk through different scenarios with your characters and you'll figure out a story. You want to also think about who the reader is going to be. So who's going to be your audience uh, for your characters? When I started out Dra Dragon and Goat, it was at a university paper. So I was thinking about a university co college student audience for the strip. The characters are pretty cute, pretty cuddly, but they also used a little bit, not too much, but a little bit of profanity. So when I went to comic book conventions, and uh, at least my first ones, uh, I had to sort of respond to who was actually picking up my books. And for the most part, the cute and cuddly dragon and goat was picked up by kids. So then I had to answer the question, uh, or I had to ask the parents when they were you know, buying the book, is it kid friendly? And I had to ask them, well, how do you feel about the word bastard? So if they were you know, not, too, not too keen on it, then I had to make sure to let them know that you know, it's not exactly for kids. Uh, so after, after getting through that experience, I, I rethought and decided, well, so with Dragon and Goat, how important is it for them to actually use profanity? If I sort of think more about who uh, is the audience, who should I be crafting the stories for, you know, is it okay to let go of that in something that is not just for adults, but is for all ages? And so that's, that's what I've been working on the most now with Dragon and Goat the past like several years. So really think about who your audience is gonna be. Um, this will help you shape your stories, your characters, and help you sh shape your, sh your scripts as well. All right, so once you've, got, once you've got those sort of key ideas figured out, what you wanna do uh, is figure, figure out how you're gonna write your story. So how do you put all of these things together and how do you turn them from an idea into an actual comic? So the first step is to just write down your ideas. Write down a short script, a short story about what your characters are doing. It's a lot easier to change, uh, a lot easier to change words than it is pictures. So think about how you can just write down what the characters are doing. So we're going to do this with uh, the elements that we had from our random comic generator. OK. So we're going to think about a story. We've got our key elements here of what, we've got to of what we're going to create in terms of a story. So we've got a vampire, a jar, we've got shopping, and a troll. All right, so we've got to figure out what's some sort of story that could grow out of this. The easiest thing is to figure out where we're going to start. So what's going to be the setting for the story? Transylvania. Transylvania. That's too easy. Excellent. Transylvania. So we can use both the ideas. Transylvania shopping mall. Okay, so we're at the Transylvania shopping mall. So what's happening at the start of the story? She ran out of 
He ran out of garlic. Okay, so we got a uh, vampire. Okay, so vampire has run out of garlic. And what happens next? Not yet. <laughs> Don't end your story too easy, too too quickly, right? Okay, so what happens? So vampires run out of garlic. So he's got to go shopping, right? So that's that's an easy answer. So, and I'm going to assume well, he's going to go to the Transylvania shopping mall, right? Okay, so he's going to shopping at the Transylvania shopping mall. So then what happens? So, okay, his car doesn't start. All right. Something else. Okay, so he decides he decides to fly. And that's more eco-friendly, so that's a good good vampire. All right, so he decides to fly and then we'll assume he gets to the shopping mall, right? Okay, so we still have to get in a jar and a troll. Okay, so what happens when he arrives at the shopping mall? He sees a troll struggling to open a jar? Okay. What's what's in the jar? Water. water? <laughs> so water or garlic? What do we want to do? Garlic. garlic okay. <laughs> of that's a good compromise. Garlic water. Okay. So he's he's struggling to open up a jar of garlic water. So then we're going to ask, what does the vampire do? What's he do? All right. <laughs> okay, so let's say vampire uses teeth to crack open jar. And then All right, then he bursts into flames. All right. Excellent. Okay. So this is what you can do, right, with whatever, whatever you roll uh, with your 20-sided die. Now, if you're not, you know, a card-carrying member of some nerd agency and you don't have a 20-sided die, you can uh, always download an app or just search on uh, any web browser and find, like, a 20-sided uh, 20, uh, 20 die app. Uh,
like generator or something like that. So you can generate your, your own uh, numbers. You can also just ask somebody, just a stranger, give me a random number between 1 and 20. So that, that works uh, if you don't really like technology. Okay, so once you've, got, uh, once you've got your story sort of sketched out with words, some of us might be more comfortable writing in paragraph form. Uh, this is typically what I do when I'm coming up with a story. Uh, so I write out with words, with scripts, uh, but I also will always throw in little sketches if I have ideas of what the images will look like uh, as I'm creating. So this is a storyboard uh, or like a sort of script for my latest book with Dragon and Goat, The Sparktacular Spartacles. Now, once you uh, sort of figure out what your story is, if you're, especially if you're writing in paragraph form, you want to think about how you can chunk it out. Like, what are the key moments in the story? Like, how are you going to break it down into the key places where you want to move the character? Uh, I really like flowcharts, so this is a good chance to uh, practice working with either PowerPoint or Illustrator. If you want to, just take blocks and then label the text and throw it in there. Uh, an easier way to do this is to actually get, uh, get index cards, blank index cards. And for each key moment, you want to write down what you're going to have happening in that key moment, and then write a different key moment for each index card. When you're done writing out the script, then you can go back, and then you can figure out what are the images going to look like uh, for your story. So we've already got this uh, essentially broken down with our, uh, our story here of the vampire. So if we go back to our story sort of looking at you know, how it's broken down, and I've already kind of cheated and written it into its key chunks. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. Now this works out pretty good because on the back of the, the comic generator you'll see we've got a nine panel comic. So we could just do very literally uh, the first panel we feature this, the second panel we feature this, uh, and then continuing as we walk down the line. But we're going to edit it a little bit. So we're going to think about what we can do uh, to condense the comic to fit it into a shorter uh, amount of panels. So maybe about seven panels uh, here. So which of these panels do you think we could actually combine if we're looking at them? In terms of the story, is there anything that could be shown in the same, in the same panel? So we've got each of these. We've got the process of going to the shop, the decision to make the shopping mall trip, and then going to the shopping mall here. What's that? Okay, so that would, that would work, but that's actually breaking it into two panels instead of condensing two existing panels, right? So that would be taking this one, so, so doing it in the same panel. Yeah. Well, what, what we can think about is, you know, how can we take maybe the running out of garlic, how can we show that with one of these, uh, with one of the next, the next panels, right? So maybe what we could do is we could have the vampire in the car already, right? So rather than starting in the, the fridge, 
Maybe we could have him in the car already uh, wanting to get the, the garlic. So how could we show his desire for the garlic? Okay, he could be thinking about it. We could have it in actual like uh, panels. So let's go ahead and sketch out. All right, so I'm going to sketch out seven panels here. And then we're going to figure out how we want to do that. Now, if we're thinking about the layout of the comic, so what we want to do in terms of the layout, do we want to have three panels at the bottom or do we want to have three panels at the top? So three panels at the top. Okay, so three panels at the top like this. Okay, that makes that easy. All right, so we've got three panels at the top. So we're going to think about in this panel, we want to show the vampire with the desire for uh, the garlic. So we're going to do vampire in car wanting garlic. Okay, so we've got that for our first one. So then we're going to go to the car doesn't start. Okay, so that skips us right away to four. So then we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. Okay, so then that gets us down to where we should be able to jump into his car doesn't start in the second panel, and then we can go into the rest of the story. So in terms of pacing, right, if you're doing this with index cards, you can really quickly like throw out bits and pieces of your story and then reassemble them into the perfect order for your comic. So Let's see, go back to the laptop here. So with your index cards, you can keep it really flexible and move things around. And then you're gonna actually arrange and edit the images that you're going to create. You, know, you wanna think at this stage, uh, how, do, how does the comic read from panel to panel? Uh, do you have to show everything or can you show something with just words? So think about uh, what you're going to do from panel to panel, and think about the comics process. A lot, of, uh, a lot of the magic that happens in a comic is in between panels. You don't have to show every step along the way. A lot of things can happen in the gutters of the comic, that little narrow space between, uh, between the frames, and all that stuff is going to happen in the audience's mind, in their imagination. Now, when you are working with a comic, unlike with a movie, a film, or an animation, by allowing the viewer to imagine part of the story, they're gonna be more involved. Uh, so allowing uh, the, the, the viewer to imagine the process, this is gonna get them uh, into your story and feel more ownership with the characters. So once you have your idea, once you have your script, and then you're starting to uh, arrange everything in panels, uh, you're going to have your dummy. 
And this is going to be the blueprint for uh, your graphic novel for your longer work. Uh, when you're making your dummy, you want to keep you know, the drawings so that they're legible. Uh, one of the things that I've been working on is making them so they're legible, not to just me, but to other people. Because I can read my drawings and my handwriting pretty well, but my editors can't always do that. So if you think about how other people are going to read the dummy, that can help you bounce your ideas off of other people and get some feedback for your, your work. And you want to think about how, as you're creating, you're using a grid to give structure to your work. So let's go back to our story. OK, so we've got the vampire uh, heading to the shopping mall. All right, so we're going to keep it pretty easy. All right, so we've got our car. We've got our vampire here. All right, and then we said that we were going to think about him. Wanting garlic. So this is going to challenge my garlic drawing abilities. And if you're a little concerned about people not seeing what you're drawing, like if you think, oh, he might be thinking of a lotus, you can just have some words in there. All right, so I want garlic. That makes it easy. So then we've got him actually uh, trying to start the car. So then we might do a close-up shot. And then he could just simply say, oh, the car isn't starting. Now, as you're drawing these, you don't have to think about you know, how perfect is the drawing. It's about getting the, you know, the central main idea. So I can go back. Uh, for the key for the car, you know, I could think about a more clever design for the key. Maybe it's a skeleton key, right? Like have a little skull on the, uh, the base of the key. So I could go back and do that later. Mainly, I just want to get out the story right now as quickly as possible to get an idea of what it is going to look like. So if the car isn't starting, uh, then he decides to turn into a bat so that he can actually fly to the store, right? So then maybe we show a zoomed out view of the car. We see the windows open, and then out he flies as a bat. All 
All right, so then he goes to the shopping mall. So if we go to four, so he goes to the shopping mall. And at this point, we'll have him turn back into his normal vampire self. All right, so this is four. He arrives at the shopping mall, and he sees a troll uh, struggling with a jar. Okay, so we have the troll here. All right, and so then, let's see, so he's got the jar, and then the vampire is going to use his teeth to help. And so we might here have the jar hidden so that we don't see what he's actually opening, like what's the actual the contents of the, the jar. But then here, we see garlic water. And then we figure out how to show his teeth in the jar and him bursting in flames. So this would work as our first sketch, and then we would go back and figure out, so what do we need to change? What do we need to do in terms of editing for the comic? Is it really clear from panel to panel what's happening? Are there any gaps or any steps in between uh, you know, this panel to this panel that could make it more clear what's happening. So what do you guys think? Are all the transitions clear from one panel to the next? Or do you think we need to maybe get something else in there to make it more clear? What do you think? Okay. 
So what do we think for the last two? So we've got these panels here. So we're going from the vampire sort of offering to help the reveal of the garlic water. So then what could help make this moment make more sense with this previous moment? Yeah. Exactly, right? So like thinking about breaking it down a little bit more. Now, if we've already got the grid laid out like this, uh, it's going to be a bit tricky to, to do that. Uh, so the nice thing about the fact that we're working on like small scale, quick pencil drawings is that you can either, you know, you can either cut out the pieces and paste them onto a new piece of paper, or you could just redraw them all and change the sizes. If you know how to use Photoshop, this is the step where I usually use digital scans and I scan in the pieces, the parts, and then I stitch it all together and reshape the sizes. This way I can figure out, okay, so for this one, maybe what I need to do is show a split in the panel where he's sinking his teeth in. So I could have like his face here, or his mouth here, the teeth, and the jar. And then the flames would happen in the bottom one, right? So you want to think about the clarity that your, your work's going to have. Um, but you also want to think about the expression. You know, how, how are you expressing the world uh, with your choice of images, your choice of frames? Now, after this, usually I just take the work, once I've got the dummy done, I take it onto a piece of large Bristol board and draw it about one and a half uh, the scale of what I'm actually going to be printing it. So I draw it larger than it's going to be printed. For me, I always do the drawings by hand with pencil, then I, uh, then I always work with uh, ink uh, by hand, and then I digitally uh, will uh, color most of my work. Now, a lot of artists right now, they're pretty happy with just sketching uh, with, you know, maybe you've got uh, a couple grand you can drop on a Cint uh, Cintiq Wacom tablet. So you can actually, you know, draw directly on the, uh, the screen, which is nice, but, you know, pretty expensive. Uh, so you can, you can work most of these steps out digitally as well. Now, I just like a lot of the hand-drawn uh, process. Now, then once I'm done uh, with the digital working of it, uh, then I take it to, uh, to a printer. And I use a lot of like self-publishing uh, print-on-demand printers uh, who will actually print off individual copies of the book for pretty low cost. If you want to keep your cost like, really low, you can do a small run of the book for about 250 or 500 copies. And uh, people like Crack and Print, who's going to be here at, uh, I think, 1 o'clock this afternoon, uh, they can actually help you with that. And I think they're going to talk about the rest of the process in the afternoon. All right, well, that's pretty much all the time I have for you guys. Uh, I'm going to be here uh, over at the table uh, for the rest of the afternoon and also tomorrow. So feel free to stop by if you have any questions. Uh, feel free to email me. Uh, my email is on my website, uh, dragonandgoat.com. You can reach me through the contact page on that as well. And I'm happy to encourage uh, anybody who has any questions about uh, making their own work. Um, all right. Thank you. Have a round of applause. And please come back at 1 o'clock for our next uh, events. Thanks.